Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Short Sighted Cinema. I'm your host, Corey. Today we've got Kelly, as always. Hello! And we have a returning guest, which is my mom! Hello! And today we are talking about a couple of cinematic masterpieces. We're mixing it up a little bit today. We're doing two movies instead of one. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so the first movie is 1972's TV film, A Thief in the Night. And then it's 1978 sequel, A Distant Thunder. So these two movies are two out of four movies in a series. I guess it's just the Thief in the Night series. And these movies are about the Christian rapture, tribulation, apocalypse. Um, so they are taking very much what was called a pre-tribulation rapture theology like that's that's the ideology going on um for those who are outside of the christian circle in biblical end times in the book of revelation you know which is you know the apocalypse there is um two main schools of thought there is the pre the pre-tribulation thought which is that christians will be what's called raptured you know taken away go you know uh from the world uh before all of the judgment, and then there's the post-tribulation rapture, which is, you know, where it happens afterwards, before the final resurrection. If you've there's got more also question- midterm. Oh, yeah, there is midterm. It's pretty pretty niche, I think. Um, I did a little reading on a few of them. I forgot about that, but um, if if you know me personally and you've got questions on it, feel free to talk to me about it. Happy, I'm happy to help. Uh, if you don't know me, send me a message. I, I'd love to talk to you about it. But... Uh, theology is only a part of what we're talking about today. These movies are bad. Very bad. How bad are they? It stinks. (laughs) Mr. Science Theater. So, uh, these movies make it very clear as to where they're at. They're very pre-tribulation. They're very low budget. They may have been one of the first Christian, like, I don't want to say propaganda films, but that's kind of what it is. It's, it was like, it was the first, I think, in, in its genre, in the small genre of Christian scare movies. Yeah. Uh, in the, but you were talking about the budget, 68000 only $68,000 to the make first this movie. movie which That's is, honestly um, more yes, than for thought. the first movie, yes, which is. 67000 more than I thought it cost. But <laughs> Me too, shoot. Which, I mean, adjusting that for inflation would make it substantial, you know, fairly substantial. But, yeah, it's it look, it's bad. Um, so, a quick plot synopsis of the first movie. Um, there's a girl who obviously is not Christian, and she's got these people around her who aren't either, and she starts going to do kind of a youth group type of thing. She gets saved. She converts to Christianity. She's hearing a whole lot about end-time theology, and then um, her friends around her, uh, well, she gets, this one girl gets raptured. The main girl does not get raptured. She's not a Christian. She takes more of a, what's called, I guess more of a deist approach. She she repeatedly claims that God is love, but she doesn't go into any deeper theology. Um, And so she does not get raptured. And the uh, the movie goes into a long dream sequence of the rapture, and she wakes up, and then she realizes the rapture actually happened, and then the movie ends. 
Well, a large part of the movie is her dream, which you don't realize is her yes. dream. It is a and long it, you go through, dream sequence. Go through all that, yes, and then it was all a dream. Uh, which was yeah. insanely frustrating. Well, yes. Uh, um, the, uh, the yeah, movie it was so the, frustrating. The movie but, does. Oh, sorry. Like, go ahead, like there is no, there's no purpose for it. Like, like it does not make any difference that it was a dream. Like, why, why would it need to be that way? Right. The movie's about, it's about an hour. They're very, that's one reason we're doing two and one is because each movie's about an hour, hour and ten minutes. Um, the first movie is about 30 minutes too long. <laughs> because because of the dream sequence, it's 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 terrible. Because it's, it, once soon as she wakes up, the exact same thing starts happening. So it's like this could have just not been a dream or the dream could have been like a quick montage of like two minutes. If you don't mind me briefly interrupting, absolutely. Um, I pulled up a an inflation calculator. I'm at, I'm at my computer at the moment, and y'all will not believe. So it's almost sixty eight thousand dollars in 1972 equates to almost half a million dollars in 2022. That's insane. That's insane. Wow. Like I really Somebody wonder. Somebody had the big bucks. Exactly. It like I, I wonder show. how they got that much money. You know, because the first movie well, it wasn't there's... on the soundtrack. No. Yeah, there's there's one there's one song in the movie, and it's 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 it almost sounds like not like a funeral dirge, but it's slow, it's not catchy, it's not very convicting. Oh, it's scary. It is kind of yeah. I mean the song. I mean the words are scary, or because like I wish we'd all been ready. Yeah, I mean, it keeps repeating that. It's. Yeah, it was kind of, it freaked me out, and it brought back some memories. I don't remember the songs, because when, let me back up here, when I was young, my parents were youth leaders, and this would have been back in the 70s, mid-70s, and so um, I got to hang out with, with the teens, and this movie was played in mainly churches. And I'm sure youth groups were their target audience. But anyway, I remember watching this and the second one. I more remember the second one. But listening to that song reminded me of the, it just the feeling of, man, the 70s. The, you it's know, the so scare, 70. how scary it was, you know, thinking about. The movie must have stayed in my subconscious because for a long time I was scared that my family was going to be raptured and I was going to be left alone and, you know, go through, have to go through the tribulation. And the second movie, which we'll get to, had a scarier part. But Yeah, you're not alone there. I did a lot of reading about what the effect of this movie, and this movie was shown to so many youth groups. Um it was not just a little like come and go like this had a huge huge effect on gen x culture like the youth you know the christian culture yes um it so uh pre-tribulation theology is actually fairly new in christian you know it's been around since about the 1800s yes um and so this movie as crazy as it sounds really brought it to the forefront 
Yes. Um, <clears throat> if you look, it's primarily in Baptist circles. You see it in a few other denominations. Um, but if you look to more orthodox things like, you know, like Catholicism, it's, it's not there. Um, I want to say Lutherans don't. Uh, but it, when you think of the evangelical church, this is like a core, core doctrine of it. Yes. Um, yes, that's so, what I grew up hearing. Yes. I, yes, as did I. Um, I've since shifted towards a more post. But there, there are good arguments to be made for pre and post. Um, to go really deep into that is going to need its own separate side podcast. Yeah. Um, but in, I guess, personal opinion, this movie scared so many people. And since I disagree with the theology, I find it to be really problematic because, like you said, you know, there's been that thought growing up like, oh, I'm going to get raptured and I'm going to miss it. And then I'm, I'm doomed. Or I won't get raptured. Yeah. Right. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll miss it. And so, um, and there are some people who believe within the pre tribulation theology is that no one's going to be saved once the rapture happens but then there are others who believe you will right um, yeah the second movie especially makes it clear that they um that you can't to them you you can yes yes it does um so i guess i should start what are the th- uh, we'll start with the first movie which is what are things you liked about the first movie who do you uh, want to go <laughs> you go ahead oh me what do i like um I like the fact that someone was trying to reach people and warn them of the uh, danger of not accepting Christ. Um, I mean, even though it was a scare tactic, the movie basically was a scare tactic, I do like that they were, they their heart was in the right place. I mean, they were trying to, t- you know, get people to heaven. So I like that. Yeah, I think uh, I I agree with you. I think they had good intentions. Um. So yeah, that's that's basically all I have about. I, I think their intentions were good, and making it, and you can see that in the movie. So what do you like about it, Corey? So I I like that, and I dislike it. I like it because they're they're trying to witness to people. I highly doubt there are a lot of people who had gen- like real good genuine conversions because of it. I'm afraid that you had more harm done um, into false conversions or conversions out of pure fear rather than love. I hope that I'm wrong in that. Um, if you haven't noticed in other pre- episodes of this podcast, we are all Christian here, and if you know, so we're coming at this differently than some might. Uh, so, I, but I would like to say that I hope. I hope this had genuine conversions and that Christ was able to work through this movie. Um, but, yes. that, you know, one thing I did like about it is so this is might sound weird, but the I, Christian horror sounds like a thing that wouldn't work. But it, <laughs> in a way, it kind of does like the movies. The movies are bad. The acting's bad. The effects are bad. The cinematography is abysmal. I'm going into the dislikes here, but but I was the intrigued. Soundtrack. Soundtrack is bad, um, but I was still intrigued. The movie's uh, feels long, even though it's only an hour. But I in, I enjoyed watching it. Sometimes it was unironic, but a lot of it was ironic because some scenes are just so bad. Uh, I know you had to wa- you couldn't not watch it once you started. You're like, you couldn't not watch it. Like it was a train wreck. Um, yes. Had, yeah. So like, with, oh, God, I'm sorry. 
I was gonna say theology aside, it feels like like I consider it, you can call it religious fiction, you know, like an alternative theology, you know, kind of you know, but the the idea of the what if here is 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 neat and um, it could have been a lot worse, particularly with the second one. I enjoyed it a whole lot more. Yes, it was much better. I did like the universe they created. You know, if I if I look at this, Corey, I liked what you said about Christian fiction. Like, if I looked at it that way, well, even, I, I don't even like to have the Christian part in there. But, like, like if you look at it as fiction, it has an interesting story. You know, it's not poorly, it, I mean, it's very poorly executed. But, but it's got an interesting story going on, like, with this battle between, you know, what, what you know to be right and, the, and this... Um, increasingly authoritarian government. So like, I think I think it's interesting, for sure, but it's a train wreck. I mean, it's a good what if. I mean, what if there is a pre-tribulation, or the or the rapture is is before the tribulation. I mean, it's a it's a good what if. Um, one thing in some some parts of the movie, uh, the second one does it better, but the tone. They do a good job, and I didn't expect that because it makes it makes you really uneasy the whole way through. Um, <laughs> and that's not just the acting. Yeah, sometimes it's intentional, <laughs> sometimes it's not. Um, yes, like there that the, there's a certain suspense to it that at times I thought was well executed. Yeah, uh, I think even in, what really. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> Um, I did think that there were there was uh, like moments of good suspense, especially when she's on the dam at the end. And uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, like she goes on the dam, and then the sky's about to push her off. And I think he does eventually push her off, and that's when mm-hmm. she realizes it's a dream. Um, but what ruined the suspense a lot for me were there were these random moments when uh, they would stop and let a person do a sermon. Yep. And it would break the suspense for me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm getting the point without you having to stop, you know? Yes, that's that's the biggest problem for in the movie, in my opinion, is that this movie really helped start the the Christian sermon, but it's actually a movie, but it's really a sermon. Well, it, another thing, it pointed out the difference between... Um, good doctrine and bad doctrine the two preachers that's true i did like that i thought Um, it was really good the one preacher who i mean there's a lot today like him he takes it but he doesn't believe the bible is the inerrant word of god he more believes that like he was talking about like if you believe that there was really adam you know like he didn't take everything as fact and he didn't really believe he didn't seem to believe like god also has the side of wrath he's got the love side but he didn't have the wrath side the girl said all she ever heard growing up was that god was love god was love she didn't know that god could get mad too Right, and, and I really did like that his character, the character of that pastor, was really fleshed out in the second movie. Yes, it was really deep, and honestly, like I, that part was moving to me. 
And not a lot about these movies were, but that part really hit home for me, you know? Yes. Um, in the second movie, he realizes that he steered a lot of people wrong in his theology. And, you know, a lot of people are still on Earth because of him. And he's got this tremendous regret. And that was really moving. I was impressed. I saw most of the third movie, and he's in that one, too. And his character is even more evolved. Okay, good. Um, yes, he's um, he's like a hermit, but uh, some people there's the third one more uh, is more about the underground Christians. You know, the people are having to hide. Right. Uh, some are militant, um, doing what they have to to survive. And um, anyway, he's in that one. So and the I third gotcha. one. Well, oh, I'm sorry. No, go you ahead. go go right ahead. No, you're go fine. Oh, no. I was about to move to a next point, so no, if you've okay. got another okay. point. Yeah, go ahead and go and finish. Oh, no. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, I was just going to say, what were your biggest dislikes in the, in, the, in the first movie? Me? Anybody? Yeah, you go okay. ahead. No, you're fine. No, you're okay, fine. Okay, my biggest too. dislike, see, I wrote that down, was the stuff that didn't have really a place there was a lot of little things that you're like huh like the montage of the newlywed couple it kind of just seemed to be filler oh yeah absolutely i mean i know it was supposed to represent time but it just kept going on and on and then like the boat ride in when they all all the teens were in the boat you know it was just kind of like okay i get it you know, yeah, there's a, a lot of time. filler. Um, so, I didn't like that. The uh, which we touched on it already, but I really want to drive home how how bad the the movie, like the flow of the movie, like it when they go from from quote unquote plot into a sermon because they're very long. Yes. Um, Christian movies, especially now, I think this really started. Try to they want to be a movie. But they also want to make sure their point's driven home, but that just makes it heavy-handed. And when you make a point, no matter what your ideology or you know stance or message in the movie is, when you're heavy-handed, it ruins your message. Uh, Agreed. It doesn't. Like I mean, one thing I like to use a lot is Saturday Night Live versus Key and Peele. Uh, Key and Peele, their even if they have a political point to make, it's really nuanced and it allows you to. They leave it where there's quite you know. Even if their their points made, there's questions, and they poke fun, they poke holes in everything. While then you look at Saturday Night Live, where there's the right opinion and the wrong opinion, and it's mm-hmm. you know it's shoved down your throat, and so mm-hmm. then that makes any kind of ideology in Saturday Night Live not that you should be getting your you know your ideology from SNL, but it just it ruins any kind of nuance that you have, and they they just you know before this movie you had some Christian films like The Ten Commandments. And uh, I believe there was one that was, I think it was just called The Bible, that were considered, like, like great films, especially The Ten Commandments, which was not, you know, it, I, I've yet to sit down and watch it, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it doesn't have any of that. It's more of like a faithful retelling. It is a retelling. Okay, fair. Fair. <laughs> a retelling. Edward G. Uh, Robinson, I don't think, was in during the... Uh, the Old Testament times. 
Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're objectively good movies where you get the point of the message, but they don't have to stop and explain it to you. Right. So there's a term, it's particularly used in more in video games, but it applies here. It's called lore dumping. Where in where a game will stop like the gameplay and everything just to give you this long spiel about somebody's backstory or why the world is the way it is, but it just interrupts the flow. That's what this movie does a ton of with theology. It theology dumps. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, it this movie is the exact opposite of show don't tell. Um, and with a little bit better writing, they could have got a lot of that across and even explained little things about faith. And done a so so much better, but you it know, was the seventies. It was the seventies. Christian movies. I mean, this was definitely a its own its own thing. Um, I guess I can move into the second movie, which you know, with likes. And oh, Kelly, didn't tell us. Oh, I'm sorry. You're forgetting about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I just really didn't like that. Um, Corey, you mentioned it earlier. I didn't like that. It, w- it was using more of a scare tactic to lure in Christians. Um, I think I think a certain amount of you know healthy fear of God is important. Absolutely. Um, but I, I don't think that's going to bring in um, people to Christianity the way it should. I think if I were watching this movie for the first time and I wasn't a Christian, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, this is this is just crazy. But um, maybe it was meant for like, like Christians to, you know, who were like Patty. Maybe it was meant for people like that who had heard about Christianity, and um, and were kind of lax about it. Maybe they had some bad viewpoints about Christianity. Christianity, um, but I'm not even sure from that perspective how beneficial this movie is, just because it's scaring them into submission rather than. You know, I think I think a little I think it goes hand in hand like you need to have a healthy fear but um, there needs to be an equal amount of love but I, I suppose there may be other movies that talk more about the love part I'm not sure so maybe you know I, while I don't like that it, it focused on mostly the fear tactic maybe I could be convinced otherwise just since there's other movies that just focus more on the love part Yeah, there are, but they're unfortunately very um, flowery. I yeah, would now suppose. that I think about it, any that I can think of off the top of my head, with that focus more on the love part, I'm like, well, you need to focus on the fear part. Like you, when you talk about God, in in an introductory kind of way, like a movie, um, it has to be both parts. Yeah, because it, because both parts are very, very, very important to understand. Like. The both sides, you know, they talk briefly about it. Um, it's just, it's just mostly the fear tactics. I think that's what they focus on. That's what I remember from the movie, anyway. If I think about it in a brief second, I just remember like, dang, it's trying to scare me. The I had growing up in the seventies, um, a lot of sermons that I remember um, would go along with this movie. Um, there was a lot of fire and brimstone. And, um, so the movie went along with the times, actually. I mean, it's so foreign to the time now, but, uh, for the, for the time, I would say 
that it definitely went along with a lot of sermons. And um, there was a lot of, you know, warning people about hell. And I agree with Kelly. It needs to be, a, I think we need more of that. But, I mean, not, not this much. But um, there needs to be a healthy balance. Um, there is something I would like to mention about the movie that I thought was funny. Um, I think Unite, which is the government organization that is formed after the rapture, and it's basically the the organization that's targeting all these Christians and stuff. I think Unite only has a single cargo, a single cargo van, and a single helicopter. <laughs> Because there's only one of each in the entire movie, and they're like meant to be these people with all these <laughs> these resources of all these countries coming together, but they they think this girl is such a threat, but they only chase her in one cargo van and one helicopter. Um, and it was kind of funny to me because Unite was obviously a jab at the UN. Oh, yes, and, it was. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, hatred of the UN was definitely, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot more common. Yeah. Um, there was also a jab at Catholicism. Um, it was funny to see it because just of the ideology. I know I disagreed with, you know, but um, at the beginning of the movie and near the end, because um, the movie kind of repeats the beginning of the end, uh, the radio's playing and somebody's talking about the rapture and they're like, they're like, let's talk to this bishop. And he's like, well, we're not all you know, raptured, so maybe that's not it. And I was thinking, because they specifically mentioned a bishop, I think they were trying to make a jab that, ca that Catholics are not going to heaven. Oh, oh my. Oh my. Which uh, was, is the only subtlety in the whole movie. <laughs> Can I bring up one more thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mentioned it before, but the soundtrack, I don't know if y'all noticed but every bit of music was like picked from a different genre. Like you said, the first song was more sounded like a dirge. There was a song a little more classical sounding. And then in the chase scene, there's a chase scene. In the chase scene, it was like a western. It was like, but wasn't it the same song and just in different genres? Maybe. Because the same but... song is repeated multiple times, and in a good movie, you have like these little motifs and like little th like themes that you hear that come back. Um, yes, but, they usually flow. But no, this was just the same song but styled differently, and it's a bad song. Yeah, well, they they, they were so to me they were all just different, and I was just like, what? Where'd that song come from? Yeah, it didn't fit. It was very poorly. The the soundtrack is bad. Yes, it's bad. And at the beginning of the movie, you know, they give the, the theme and whatnot during the opening credits, but you get the entire song, and it feels like a few hours. It's long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with a song yeah. that long and it being the 70s, there was no guitar solo, and it was really, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's no free bird. Right. You know? I will right. say another positive is that it was unintentionally hilarious. Yes. At times. Like... I'm thinking specifically, there are several moments, but specifically, you know, like the jump cuts to different things, even if it wasn't a sermon, it would like just, just all of a sudden break a scene <laughs> and jump to something. 
and stay too long on a scene, which made it made it hilarious. But I was thinking um, it was there was some serious scene, and I, I can't I can't put my finger on what it was, but it cut directly to the cobra, <laughs> and. <laughs> The cobra bites this guy and he ends up in the hospital nearly dying. And that's part of his salvation story that, you know, God saved him. A, a priest had prayed for him and such. And and he got saved, which I thought was a neat thing. But, yeah, just that jump cut to a cobra. That's, that's all it shows. the best part of the movie because he works at, like, the zoo or, like, a re- animal rehab. And this the, this very dangerous snake's uh, enclosure is just open. Yeah, he just leaves <laughs> it open. It's, like, it, halfway it, open. It, sl- it slithers out and then, um, you know, it bites him. And as soon as he screams, it cuts to an ambulance. And it was <laughs> the best thing. <laughs> His friend was in the ambulance making uh, jokes. I don't know if y'all caught it. He was doing like a supposed to be doing like a funny voice, but uh, yeah, his friends in there dying, and he's making a funny. That's not. Oh funny yeah, voices. I remember that. <laughs> That's even better. But it's it's amazing to me <laughs> that all the bad stereotypes of Christian movies started here and have not gone away. Yeah. And another start was that. Uh, this movie foreshadows future future worship groups. We didn't have that in youth group like y'all do now. Like you've got the band for worship oh. and stuff like that. That was just in this movie. Interesting. Really? Yes, we didn't. We didn't have music and stuff like that. I mean, they might have. I don't know. Maybe a radio. I don't so, even remember a radio being on, but. Um, yes, the having the youth group there, and I was like, "Wow!" It's well, maybe just they like should now. have waited an, another ten yeah. years because the yeah. song was so bad. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about you know the fire and brimstone and the tone of this movie and how it probably tied back into some of the response to some of the culture. Because mm-hmm. um, you know the early seventies was kind of the end of like the like the free love hippie movement. Right. And I imagine that this was a, a stark response to that, you know, to to reform, you know, to to get yeah. clean, you know, clean of, of, of those that kind of lifestyle. But also um, I had to Google it just to be sure. But, you know, the Cold War was still going, you know, which was more, more of an mm-hmm. 80s thing, 60s through the 80s. Yes. Uh, according to Google, it started in 47 and ended in 91. But that there was sense. still this there was still I mean, at the early 70s, this. I mean. A response to the Cold War, I'm sure, was get right with God because you never know when, you know, poop's going to hit the fan. Right. Uh, and so I, I would imagine those two things helped really shape the tone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I would agree. So moving on to the second movie. So this movie was a whole lot better. Uh, a Distant Thunder. Um, but this there's a scene where... People are having to take the mark. So, again, I'll go back to, if you're not familiar with Christianity, um, in Revelation, you know, the, the apocalyptic literature, uh, people are to take a mark, which Christians typically think is going to look something like three sixes, because it mentions, you know, a 666 being the mark of the beast. And if you don't have it, you can't buy or sell. You know, you can't participate in, you know, in, in, you know, in the market. And But if you take it, you're essentially... Uh, giving yourself a one-way ticket to hell because it is a it is a stance against Christianity um, because it's given by the Antichrist who the Antichrist is a figure that comes up who 
is back, you know, basically backed by by Satan to deceive as many people as possible so that as few people go to heaven. Uh, if I'm screw anything up there, just let me know. But um, but there's there's a scene where they crack. The Unite is really cracking down on Christians, and they're going to take the mark or they're going to be executed. And so Patty is the main character is making. She's contemplating everything that she's seen and how she can reconcile that with what she believe, you know, how she, the form of love she imagined God's supposed to give. Uh, it would be a moving scene if it, if the acting and writing wasn't wasn't so bad. We find yeah. out. We don't find out in this movie though what she decides, but we find out in the the um, third third movie at the very beginning. So I look forward. We will. Gotcha. Uh, so this episode we're recording at the end of January. It'll be out in the beginning of February. I'm hoping to have movies three and four out around the middle of February. So you'll get an extra podcast episode. Bones. But the special effects were significantly better in the second one. And the music. That's one, and the music. It's one thing <laughs> I particularly liked. There's a scene in which a barn burns down. And they did a really good job getting all that together. And there's another scene with an earthquake. And I was impressed at how well they were able to pull that off. Yes, it didn't look like they were just shaking a camera. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> like there was actual destruction and everything. It was, for considering what they had, I thought it was really well done. The second movie does a much better job at showing you rather than telling you. Uh, the horror elements are amped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it introduces new characters, and they, they're they're more fleshed out than others. There's a twist at the end where they get betrayed, and I maybe I'm just stupid, but I didn't see it coming somehow. I didn't either. There were no I hints. I didn't either. Um, there were, so yeah, there's no hints. There's I, no plot planning for the <laughs> for the viewer. Is that good <laughs> or bad? Just like how do we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do we make I mean, this well, work? You're, you're given one yeah. hint. They that you are given a hint as to how somebody, they're like, how could somebody have known where we lived? And it turns out it was her. Mm. Like, there was one little hint. And so, but it's, uh, I didn't see it coming. And I was like, no, not her. But <laughs> the worst actress of those, she was really bad. I forgot her name. But she was, she was, they're all bad actors and actresses, but she was particularly bad. So if you're listening she to it, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was so bad. And I, I feel bad saying that, you know, like, like, but every time she came on screen, I was like, man. <laughs> like, like, come on. Like, not, her, not her again. <laughs> bless, bless it. Take oh her. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Draw six 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 on her hand. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she shows up at the end with the mark, and they're all like, "No, not you know." How did they not yeah, know though? She had it. Did she well, not she take got, it sh- until the end? Until that, yeah, until the until yeah, until they were there. The okay, because she was a spy. She was That's a spy. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah, because it's like how how did they not know? I mean. The, you so know, what were y'all's likes about the movie? About it was the second more, one was yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yes, it was it was a lot more plot driven. Um and I found the plot I was entertained. Uh more I found myself more unironically entertained by this one. 
<laughs> there it's was more still, of a story. It's more coherent. Yeah. Um, it just it does a better job at telling a story and being a movie. That each character had a little bit more background, like her friend. I can't remember her name. The uh, but. Uh, she tells how she had a child and a husband who was in the military and he didn't come home and she finds out he was raptured i mean you you care about these characters a little more yes they're much more fleshed out um oh go ahead yeah i um yeah i did like that more of the characters were likable um or that, you know, like, I, I did like that a mystery was hanging over the whole time that we were all wondering who was going to betray Patty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did, you know, I, I, all signs were pointing to her friend who was helping her get food and her, and uh, the friend that she had had the dream about uh, uh, shoving her into the river. Her friend's husband, anyway, shoved her into the river in the, in the previous movie in her dream. So we're thinking the whole time, like, it's going to be them, which they did kind of betray her. But the yes. ultimate betrayal became from, came from this new friend, which, you know, there were no signs pointing to it, but it was a, a twist. I wasn't expecting it. So I, I give them credit for implementing a twist ending that you don't see it coming <laughs> a mile away. Maybe I'm just gullible, but um, their friends, they do an all right job at kind of sh- just showing people just trying to survive. Right. Who they, okay. they 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 value their own lives above the duty of Christ because they're not I mean they're not of a faith, but I mean there's some really bad arguments they make as to why they're not Christians. It's really like they set them up to be defeated really easily rather than allowing for nuanced conversation and debate. Right. Because um, I mean even though I you know I I'm of the Christian faith. You know, it's it. The movies do a really bad job at setting up uh, us up as the really good guys, and they're the really bad guys. And that's not to me. That's not how you, you know, demonizing the people who are who are yet to be saved is not a good, a good evangelizing tactic. <laughs> it's very us versus them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I unironically enjoyed it a lot more. Um, my dislikes stay the same as the other movies. They're just less because, you know. So something just crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the last movie, you know, we were all upset that, you know, she she ended the dream. It ended the dream and it didn't need to. Like, it, it, was, it was a dream, but it didn't need to be. But I wonder, this is just a theory. I don't know anything about it. But what if they did that because at the end of that dream, she dies. And at the yes. end of the movie, they created it, and they're like, wait, we can make a sequel. <laughs> so they made it a dream. Hey, that could be. Like, I mean, that is not beyond the realms of possibility here. Yeah, it seemed like it could have been um, added in all of a sudden. Like, it was an afterthought, and they're like, well, if we just change, like, one minute in the beginning and one minute in the end, then, <laughs> you know, like, with the with the... <laughs> With the um, the radio playing and stuff, if we just change two little minutes in there, we can make a whole entire series out of this. The yes. Bible cinematic universe. Oh no! 
BCU. Well, one thing I didn't like was, again, something coming in just out of the blue that doesn't make any sense was the guy coming down the hill when the friend gets saved. Yes. I mean, yeah, where'd he come from? They're in the, yeah, they're in like from? a pasture and they're talking. The girls are in a pasture talking and just out of the clear blue, do, 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 do. Here comes this man, and he starts talking to her about Jesus, and then goes on, and and she's like, "Hey, yes, I think I want that," and it's just kind of like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where'd you come from? It, it was a it was a bit weird. <laughs> like if I am hiding from the government, and some random you know hippie comes up and talks to me about religion, I'm kind of kind of want to get out of there. Right. But she, yeah, uh, I, which I, I didn't like. He, I just thought, oh no, I did not like it. It was a call. But, it was a call to the first movie because they talk about the hundred and forty-four thousand like Jewish missionaries who are being. He did tra- not look Jewish. Well, he had a star of David on his <laughs> oh, on his neck. So that's how you know he was Jewish. I totally missed that. All right, I take back everything I said. And then at the end, they call back to him, and they're like, they're trying to look for him. And they're trying to get information out of those girls about where his where where he is because right. the, the Unique wants to get him. No, I but I agree. Like he came out of nowhere. Like <laughs> they're in the middle of nowhere, the, and then here he is. Yes, he just pops up <laughs> in the field. Yeah, yeah. I I never said the writing in this movie was good. Just better. <laughs> just better. Just better. <laughs> Reminds me of Dana Carvey, a so, uh, church lady. How convenient. Exactly. <laughs> so the first movie on IMDb has like a 4.6, which is really bad. The second one has like a 5.1. Okay. Oh, make it better. Um, I guess I would agree with that. Yeah, I would too. I have seen I worse too. movies, um, which is hard, surprising, but I have. Mm-hmm. Some of them we have talked about on here. <laughs> yes, and I'm hoping to do a, a lot more just abysmal movies uh, this this year on the show because they're just they're fun to talk about. Yes, like a uh, like a um. Oh, my mind just went blank. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. It's it's like when somebody flips out at the grocery store. Like it's bad. It shouldn't have happened. But you can't help but talk about it after the fact. <laughs> okay. The, I I did like more of the characters, but one I still could not get behind was Patty, and obviously they're trying to make us not like her because she didn't like Christ, but she has as much personality as a piece of wood. She like like she does not have any personality. Bless like, her I, I know, I know. It's, but, it's like, wild. In the first movie, she didn't either. Like right. I wasn't even sure she was the main character until like halfway through the movie in the first one. It's I amazing. thought maybe that other girl that got saved, you know, um, in the beginning of the movie, I thought maybe she was the main character, but it turned out to be Patty. <laughs> and it's, was, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how every side character is more fleshed out than the main character. Yeah. That that You're, takes talent. Well, Kelly's right. I mean, she's not... You're not rooting for... I mean, you're not rooting against her, but you're. she's not... Yeah, I mean... Just yes. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to get saved, and I'm honestly, 
I know it sounds crazy, but like one thing that they did right, like I'm kind of looking forward to the next one. I want to know what happens. I'm not going to tell. Okay, your lips are sealed. <laughs> so I think I, this I is... do want to know what happens to her. Uh, but, you know, other than that, I, I you know, I, I don't know. She doesn't have much interesting stuff going on. Besides her yeah, dreams. You... Besides her dream. Yeah, you, you want to root for her, but it's really hard. But you can't root against her because, I mean. <laughs> you want to yeah. want anybody to get yeah. saved. Yeah, yeah, you can't say, man, I really wish this main character would just go to hell. <laughs> yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, I would like to say another positive. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, <laughs> which is also a little bit of a burn. But the sideburns of mustache guy... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, so it is truly an ideal. Oh, sorry if y'all hear the gunshot. There's gun. Someone's shooting their gun in their yard or something. Oh, uh, sorry if y'all hear that. But anyway, hey, everything. <laughs> mad at me getting onto the sideburns. Uh, anybody who is listening, we live in a in rural America, so this is not like violence <laughs> happening. This, this is a this is a normal occurrence. <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> oh my they're, goodness! They're probably just having fun. The sideburns anyway. did need to be mentioned because they're a yes. huge part of the movie. Yes. I, I think they're in the credits. So um, <laughs> what's funny is um, what's funny is that it's a subtle nod to the seven deadly sins. He's lust. <laughs> what the heck? Um, <laughs> well, well, he does claim to be the um, he does then, claim to be the not. antichrist in one part of the movie. That's true. And He's then doing see, it Pat- in a bad 1950s voice or something <laughs> it was yeah um see patty is jealousy because at the end she gets pushed off the dam uh, thus ending the movie and it makes us all wish we were were patty in that moment <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> what well, to get away from question. the sideburns no oh, just the yes. entire movie oh <laughs> i mean she was trying to get away from the sideburns but then <laughs> she wakes the up person chasing her she wakes up and the movie's still going, and maybe that's a fate worse than death. <laughs> this is no Groundhog, though. I, Groundhog Day. I haven't watched all of that one, but I agree. But <laughs> as, as much as I've pooped on this movie, t- these two movies, I, I enjoyed watching them, and I, I, I don't too. know why. I like the idea of Christian horror, and I would like to see more of it if done right. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. Of course, a lot of it was um, brought back some memories. I mean, I did see them, but I mean, I was like five, and uh, so, it brought back some nostal- nostalgia. But they were enjoyable too, in a weird, weird way. And maybe it's because because of our faith that makes it more enjoyable. If you're listening and you're not a believer in Christianity. These movies will do nothing for you. Yeah. Uh, they're 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 bad. You won't get anything out of them. It may make you it may make you dislike Christianity more if you if you're not if you're if you're if you're not really sure what you think. This is not a great way to introduce yourself to theology or good arguments about faith. This just, uh, you know bad. who this movie would be good for. Who the producers of Mystery Science. 
three thousand. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. So one thing, yeah, we do in uh, on the show is who would you recommend this to? Yeah, Mister Sanctuary and Riff Tracks. Absolutely, because I think they could make a great episode while still being respectful to people of faith. They could. I thought the soundtrack in this one sounded like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Why is that? It was just goofy. <laughs> and uh, that's all I can. That's that's the only adjective I have for it. I don't Fair. know. Maybe, maybe you listen to Monty Python soundtrack and compare. Maybe you see it too. But I, I don't know. have a confession. I have never seen that movie, so I cannot compare it. I know. Well, now it's a great movie. We'll have to watch it at some point. There are a couple of snippets that, and then I'll be back. That have to do with with faith. That I'm not really sure how I feel about it, Um, because God gives them their quest at the beginning of the movie. But um, it's the movie's a classic. It is. I typically don't like British humor, but I think that movie's hilarious. It's so dumb. It's so dry. Like. It's a classic. You'll, you'll love it or you hate it. There's no middle ground. Uh, something else I wanted to mention about A Distant Thunder is that it, while it had less uh, sermon stops, it did have one particularly very long one. And it was about the tribulation map. Oh, yeah. That- and they... Um, I just thought they they took an unusually long time to sp- explaining that because that's literally what the four movies are all like. That's the plot of the four movies. <laughs> so you just like stopped and explained what's going to go on in the entire <laughs> in the entire saga. It, it was a large dump, a theology dump, and it took a big chunk of the of the movie considering it was just a you know one of those servant stops. Heads up, the maps are back in three. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't mind that that part of the movie. I don't. Maybe it's just because I'm a sucker for a good chart. <laughs> it was a good, well-made chart. Um, but there is a point. I'm glad you brought that up. There is a point in it that I thought was interesting because they mentioned at one point in the tribulation there will be an altar that basically is um, dedicated to the martyred Christians, like as a mockery of them. And I'm like, that to me is a big hole in pre-tribulation theology because I figured that that would be a lot more prevalent if Christians were here during the during the tribulation. The persecution would be a lot more severe. Right. Because you're only going to – I would think – let's say it happened right now with pre-tribulation. I don't think you're going to have a huge number of people. I mean it's going to be substantial, don't get me wrong, but it's – I don't think it would be anything like what the movie it envisions it would be. That's my theory, is that there will be so few of us that the world still goes on, still, um, it's not going to matter, there's not going to be, I mean, there will be a lot of people gone, but, I mean, obviously. It's post-apocalyptic, like, you know, the power, you know, everything's just gone to poop. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Um. But so I thought that was a big hole in their theology, which the movie is all about pushing this idea. Very much um, so. I think this movie was almost more so than trying to be an evangelism tool was just to push this form of this 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 idea. Well, it, was, it was mostly shown in churches. I mean, this wasn't a, yes. a movie that you go to the theater in. This was 
these were shown all over the country in, in churches. Yeah. Um, oh. Something else I just thought it was funny. I thought it was interesting that they had to change outfits before they got their heads chopped off. <laughs> they had to, like, yes. change into that white outfit. But, like, why? They're just going to yeah. chop their heads off. Right. What were they going to do with but the I clothes? Mean, so you had to it's a, you go back a little bit. Uh, at the end of the movie, you find that the... You know, if you rejected the mark, you'd be executed. And the form the form of execution they chose is a guillotine, which is really dark. That is what haunted me. when. That's what stuck with me when I was little. And that's what stuck through all, all these years. And uh, I was scared I was going to get my head chopped off. And see, that's so harmful. Because, um, I mean, sure... <laughs> When you're evangelizing, there is, you know, if you choose to be separate from God, it's going to be, you know, as Jesus said, there'd be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and it's a terrible thing. But to your message being to, hey, five-year-old Amy, you know, bet you better follow Christianity, or you're gonna get your head chopped off in a guillotine. That is exactly what. That's I what thought. I mean by this. Why I hey, think these movies it kept were, me on were, the straight were harmful. And <laughs> Shoot, um, I bet. So yeah, they when they miss the mark, these movies really miss the mark. <laughs> of the beast. Uh, <laughs> what if they would have used that? It, they made one of them in the '80s. They could have used that Iron Maiden song. But. Oh, <laughs> the an interesting fact. They put an estimate of three hundred million people. Have seen this movie up till now. Dang. 300 oh, wow. million. That's, That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> wow. Those poor people. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That is. I, I wouldn't have oh. thought that. I mean, that's over reach that far. 51, 51 years. I mean, so. But. I wonder if more people have seen this movie. Oh, I think you mean the first one was the one that was shown so much. Probably you know, both the of them, was, I would imagine I mean, both I kinda, of them, because they all, I mean. I consider these two movies to basically be one thing. Right. I do, too. Um, I can see how it could be one movie, you know. So yeah, if, only they should have done that. But, I mean, they're six, years, they're six years apart. They probably didn't know that it would have the success that it did. and. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, who, you know, apart from Mystery Science Theater, who else would you recommend these movies to? Um, <laughs> Everybody got it's a, it's a, it's the, the type of people I would recommend this to is very niche. Those who are of the Christian faith, who like bad movies, who are cool with seeing a an odd theology, like, you know, not, I don't want to say odd theology, but who are interested in watching a propaganda film for for fun. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think since we, like we watched it, everybody ought to have to. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say that again? Yes. If we suffered, so should everyone else. It was, I mean, but if you enjoyed watching this or want something of a similar vein, what else would you recommend? 
Well, the new Left Behind movies. They are so when you yeah. I mean they're when like, you say new, do you mean Kirk Cameron or Nicolas Cage or Kevin Sorbo now? Oh he's yeah. in the newest oh, one. What? Yeah, they're making another one. What? I think he's replacing Nick Cage. I saw the Nick Cage one. I saw the Kirk Cameron too. I watched the Kirk Cameron ones as a kid, and I unironically enjoyed them as a kid. I thought they were were good. They're I'm, I know they're not, but they're. If you want more of this but better, I would watch those. They're, I mean, still bad, but... But they go along, I mean, still the pre-tribulation, um, what's going to happen, you know, possible things that could happen after the rapture. Um, so, I mean, if you if you like those, check this one out. It's... Uh, this was this came out before the, even the books, and I think these this book, which... the. I want to say that this movie was based off of a book. I might be wrong on that, but um, this was a big precursor to a lot of that. So, um, but if you want good Christian movies, if you want, you know, you you enjoy this, but you want oh, something well, good, we haven't been talking about that. <laughs> yeah, good Christian. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, if you want good Christian movies, because this is this this is the wrong place to look. Um, I would recommend uh, Passion of the Christ. Uh, a mostly biblically accurate movie that does a really good job at portraying its message without stopping for sermons or, you know, it's it's just, it's a good movie. Um, it's, it's a hard to, watch, but it's a good movie. It is, I it have, is. I, actually, I've never watched it, and I need it's to. An it, it, don't watch it if you're looking for a good time, because you, it, it's it's a very weighty movie. It's Passion um, of the Christ? Yes. Oh, it's um, so good. So, uh, Another movie, and I believe it's Mel Gibson, who also did Passion of the Christ, I recommend Hacksaw Ridge. You may be able to debate whether or not that's a Christian movie, but um, the main character is Christian, and his his faith is the driving force behind everything he does, and there he's got moral conflict in a time of war. It's a very gritty movie as well. Both of these movies are rated R um, for good reason. Um, those who listen to other podcasts I've done, you know, I don't like gratuitous R, you know, sheltered homeschool or Christian here, but sorry, but I highly, I'm, <laughs> I am okay with the way, with who I am, <laughs> but, um, but both of those movies are great Christian movies. Um, also, uh, the entire, the first 10 years or so of veggie tales. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want veggie tales left behind be so good it'd be fun or if they redid these if you had proper like yeah if you had proper writers these could be they have potential to be neat movies Laura they really Carrot do. could be penny no patty, yeah. <laughs> patty. oh yes. i thought you i thought you meant like a modern like modern re, like remake of these but i thought you were still on the veggie tales oh, yeah. <laughs> Laura Carrot, yeah, she could be. Uh, yeah. That's right. Um, but the it's so it's so sad to see a movie that has good potential that just you know. But again, it just goes with the time. I mean, it really is. It, it's and it's yet we haven't to, changed. Well, that's true. But looking back, I mean, it just fits in with the times with the. The preaching with the, I mean, everything. It's just scream 70s. 
So, I mean, that's another person I would recommend it to. If you want to take, you know, open this time capsule up to evangelicals in 1972, here you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, Um, you'll have it. Which leads us to our favorite segment of the show, the Shorty Awards. Yay! 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 So, my Shorty Award is for, it's. I like to call it the Houdini Award for the Great Escape, which goes to the snake in its enclosure <laughs> that was just open. <laughs> How he did it, I don't know. But he deserves the Houdini Award. <laughs> Kelly, what is your Shorty Award? My Shorty Award goes to... Um, well, first of all, the name of it is Fabulous Facial Hair. And it goes to the man with the sideburns and mustache exclusively. Absolutely. might I say, it got significantly better in the second movie. It was a lot more cleaned up. He knew what he was doing. (laughs) Wait till you see him in the third. Whoa! Got something to look forward to. (laughs) It's you won't be able to take your eyes off. Oh. oh. <laughs> I hope I'm wetting everyone's appetite to watch these two so you can see the third. So, yeah, yeah. St- stay tuned. Uh, middle of February, we should be able to finish up this series. Yes. So then, Mom. Okay. What is your Shorty Award? Mine was a tie. The best okay. celebrity lookalikes. Oh. Jim and Jerry... Or the two of the men in the movie, the first one, Jim, uh, Jim looks just like a young Jerry Reed, who most of you that are my age will know from the Smokey and the Bandit movies, things like that. Looks just like him. And sideburn guy, Jerry, I think looks like Freddie Mercury. I couldn't oh, help. Yeah. I couldn't help but think that through the whole movie. I can see that. I didn't like it. And I like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yeah, Freddie Mercury would, uh, would yeah, he, uh, what, yeah, no, that wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> um, the, Patty's husband look like, looks like this guy I work with. <laughs> he looks like but Jerry like, Reed. You know, um, your, your co-worker looks like I Jerry don't, Reed? I don't know who Jerry Reed is. <laughs> I guess so. So. Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. We're going to do what they say can't be done. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> oh, he does. I just looked uh, up a picture of him. I guess I'm looking it up, too. He looks just like him. I mean, all he needs is a guitar. That's all he needs. And a semi-truck. Wow. <laughs> I suppose, was he a country singer? Yes, or is that he, the wrong he was Jerry also Reed? a country okay. singer. A little bit, but yeah, my my no, coworker does not look like him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> does anybody have any closing remarks? Only watch this movie if you want to experience pain. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia says the film has been described as traumatic for children, so I'm going to give a warning to anyone who wants to watch this with young children around. That's a bad idea, unless you want them yeah, scarred see, for life. See, kids are fi- yeah, kids are film snobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corey thought that 
Star Wars is real. So if you show them this, oh my you know, goodness, that's a bad thing to think. Yeah, I had a bad grasp on reality as a child. He got his heart broken when somebody told him he couldn't be a Jedi. Oh, um, I didn't like that kid anymore. My mom had to sit me down. She's like, she's like, son, I know you're about to go to college. <laughs> and you just, you... That's just before we started dating. <laughs> Those homeschoolers, man. And you thought you were the Hulk? I did. I yes, did. he did. On a soccer game, he started taking his shirt off because he got mad. <laughs> So long story short, yeah. Hulk smash propaganda film. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. I think on that note, I'm going to say everybody have a great evening and we will see you real soon. Bye. Bye.